looking good. Wow, thank you guys so much. Man, that's amazing. Sit there and listen to that all morning. Wouldn't have to listen to me. I wouldn't have to listen to me. Oh, boy. This never gets easy. I'll put it that way. Never does, but thank you, Lord. Um, good morning. Good morning. I just want to uh, say thank you so much for just giving me an opportunity to serve you, to serve Gateway, to serve the Lord here, um, to be able to stand up here again, to share with you several things that God has just been laying on my heart, been showing me, causing me to think about um, over the last few months, and um, also want to say thank you to all of you mothers out there, all the mothers that uh, go to Gateway here, maybe you're attending, maybe you're visiting, but just thank you so much for all that you do. Uh, when you stop to think about everything a mom does, uh, both in the home and out of the home, it's a tremendous job. It's an amazing job. And, um, you know, I don't think that we can say thank you enough on one day, much less 365. Uh, but today is an incredibly special day for you mothers, and we just want you to know that we love you and we appreciate you and we are very thankful for all that you do, both in your families and our families, um, in your communities, and also here in our church. And so we're very thankful for you, and I hope today that you feel especially loved and encouraged. Um, I pray that this morning um, that you are encouraged, not because I'm about to tell you how to be a great mom, because i got no clue, um, but I'm also not here to, to correct you or to say you're doing something wrong. I'm here to encourage you to tell you thank you. I'm here to, to, to look at God's Word and to just share that with you. Um, but this morning also is not just to you moms. This is to all of us as believers, as the church, from God's Word, how He encourages us through His Word. And so as I just began to prepare for this morning over the last few months, two things. I kept thinking about two specific things. Number one, I just kept thinking about what were the characteristics of a godly mother, of a great mother. What is, what is consistent through mother-to-mother um, that is some foundational things that, that, that cause a, a mom to be a godly mother first and foremost, but also a great mother. And so then secondly, I kept thinking over and over just about what it would be to be a mother today. What is it like in our world today? What is it like as a believer in our world today? And I'm not saying that just in our world today, it's harder to be a mother or a believer. It's, there's been trials and troubles and tribulations all throughout history, all throughout man. And there's nothing different about trials or tribulations or troubles today than there were years ago or today that there will be a thousand years from now if we're still here. But I do know that today we all deal with certain things that may be a little different in context than what has been in the past. And as a mom and as a believer this morning, I, I just kept thinking, I'm not a mom. As a mother this morning, for you that are moms and, uh, and all of us as believers, there's a couple things that I just want to share with you. And they may seem like two different things. They may seem like um, two different sermons. But this morning, they kind of come together in a railroad track, in a parallel, to kind of go side by side that I believe all of us can benefit from this morning. So this morning, as we look at these two things, these two areas, I want to encourage you. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be challenged. Not just by me, but by God's Word. I want you to challenge yourself this week in God's Word. And this morning, I just want to take a few, three points 
that allow us to, uh, to dive into these two areas. So, if you will, turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3. There will be some verses on the screen. don't have your Bibles, or your phone, or your iPad. In 1 Peter, uh, Peter writes here a letter that to believers, this is an encouragement. To believers, this is an encouragement and a challenge to them in their faith. I love here in 1 Peter, it lays it out there for us. Lays it out there as believers and how we should live. It lays it out there and to mothers how we should live, how you should live. It lays it out there to fathers, to children, to, to all believers. It lays it out there how we should live. And so this week, I just encourage you to take a look at the five chapters in First Peter and read through those, dive into those, and go from, from start to finish. I know that you'll be blessed. I've had the opportunity to do that here over the last few months. And so for this morning, though, I just want to look at a, a few verses, three points. Obviously, I know that all motherhood, godly motherhood, great motherhood, being a believer does not sum up into just three points. And I'm not saying that these three points are any more uh, better or should be focused on than anything else in Scripture because there is a lot there. But I just want to kind of summarize into these three points of the characteristics that I have been thinking about as a godly mother and then also characteristics that I've been thinking about as a Christian but then also, how does this apply, and what does this look like for us today? So what are the characteristics of a godly mother, of a great mother? And how do these characteristics apply and encourage each of us today? All right, number one, Peter says you need to have a passion for goodness. You need to have a passion, a zeal for goodness. So go to verse 13. Understand that, that these three verses are written in context of persecution, of the believer coming under persecution, of the believer living life, going through trials and troubles. But also understand this, that that I believe that these three points here are are consistent through a godly mother, a great mother. Okay. First thing is have a passion for goodness. Verse 13, Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? Notice it doesn't say you have to have a perfect record of being good. Mothers, fathers, believers, it does not say you have to be perfect in being good. It says you have to have a passion for being good, for doing good, doing what's right. And so this morning... I want you to start there. Peter starts there in verse 13. I want to start there as a mom, as a believer in our world today. Start with having a passion for doing good. Now, ultimately, as a mom, children, husbands, everything else going on in your household, there's trouble, there's trial, there's frustration. There's things that you wish would change, things that you wish would stay good, stay right. But obviously, ultimately, there's going to be trial and trouble in your home. So I want to encourage you this morning, both mom and believer, don't get bitter. Don't get frustrated. Don't get spent and put out by the troubles and the trials. 
don't lose sight of the passion of doing good. Your passion for doing good is not always going to be at top throttle in every situation and every, every circumstance. But deep down inside, I believe that as a godly mother, there is a passion for doing good. I believe as a believer, there is, should be a passion for doing good, a zeal to be, sell, to be zealous for doing good. Don't get angry about the things that aren't going the right way. About your freedoms or maybe your desires not going the way that you desire. Maybe they're not going good. But don't get frustrated. Keep doing what is good. Peter starts us off there and says, this is the way to start. Start off by doing good. Have a passion for doing good. For all of us here alike this morning, don't let the troubles, the persecution, the trials, things going on in media, things going on in our world, decisions being made, changes going on, things happening that are troublesome. Don't let those persecutions, don't let those trials, those troubles create hostility, create bitterness toward the world, anger toward the world, frustration toward children. Don't let the anti-Christian attitude of our world today to deter you or to derail you or to unmotivate you from having a passion to do good, having a zeal to do what's right. You have to have a passion for goodness. Mothers, don't let the troubles of life. Fathers, believers, all under the sound of my voice this morning, do not let the troubles of life, family, work, community, government, media, social media, don't let that cause you to lose your passion for doing good. I believe that that first and foremost, fall in love with doing good. Fall in love. Have a passion for doing good. You don't have to have a perfect track record in that. But I believe there's a lot to be said. I believe there's a lot of value. And I believe there's going to come a lot of things out of having a passion for doing good. Obviously, I know none of us are good. None of us are born good. And we're going to address that here in the end. But first, just want to start off with that. There's a second thing that Peter says here. And that, uh, uh, again, these two things kind of parallel with each other. And the second thing that Peter says here, in addition to having a passion for goodness, have a willingness to suffer. Have a willingness to suffer. And this kind of parallels, I believe, especially in the world of, of, of being a mother, a willingness to sacrifice. You know, I know those two words don't exactly mean the same. And I believe there's a, a, a platform and I believe there's a whole uh, sermon on suffering. And I believe there's obviously a great reality in Scripture about suffering. But I want to parallel that this morning in, in terms of being a mom and how that sacrifice, have a willingness to sacrifice. You need not only the passion for goodness, but a willingness to suffer. A willingness to sacrifice. Verse 14. But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. So I'm going to read that again. But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. 
So let's assume, okay, that you're doing righteousness, that you are being righteous, that you are being good, you are doing what is good, that you are a giving person, you're a benevolent person, you're a generous person, kind, totally unselfish. Everybody raise your hand if you're totally unselfish. But it could still happen that you would suffer for the sake of that righteousness. It begins, but even if. It begins that willingness to suffer, willingness to sacrifice, but even if. There's no promise. There's no promise that suffering will not happen. In fact, it's the exact opposite. There's a promise in God's Word that you will face trials. Why is that? Why are you and I as Christians, as believers, going to face trials? Why are we going to face persecution? Why are we going to face trouble? Because Christ himself first faced that. The world hated him. The world will hate his followers. The world will persecute him. The world persecuted him. The world will persecute his followers. Do not lose a passion for goodness. And do not lose a willingness to suffer. So there's no promise that there will not be suffering. So there, in fact, is a chance that you could get persecuted, that you will be persecuted, that you will suffer, that you will have to sacrifice anyway. Lots of folks have done great things. We can think about them all over history. We can look around the room, and the room is filled with folks that have done a lot of great, good things and yet have still been persecuted. The people that Peter was writing to here, the believers here, were in fact suffering. It was happening to them. They were suffering for the sake of righteousness, upright and godly behavior. But God is in that suffering. Later on in 1 Peter, the next chapter over, and in fact it says... That counted a blessing. It is a privilege. You always think that, right? You always find it a privilege to suffer. Is that correct? Moms, you find it a privilege to suffer pain from your children, frustration from your children, right? Believers, you find it a privilege to suffer for the sake of the gospel. You find it a privilege to suffer for the sake of Christ. We don't always do. But it tells us to find that a privilege. It is a privilege. How is it a privilege that we get to suffer for Christ? What does that mean? That that means that you're in Christ. Privilege done. There. Enough. God is in the suffering. Testing you. Strengthening you. Strange Strange things will happen. Difficult things will happen. And yet God is there. It will happen. Suffering is not a strange thing. Sacrifice is not a strange thing. It's not a foreign thing. It's a, real, it's a real thing, and it will happen. Stick to notes, y'all. I ain't going to lie. Otherwise, y'all be late to lunch. The reality is, is we do need mothers. We need Christians. We need believers, families, to be courageous, to be willing to suffer, to be bold, to be righteous, started listing things holy, 
zealous for good, passion for good. And if Christians not only will, will, will be those things, but also have rejoice and also rejoice and count it a privilege to suffer in the special glory that God bestows upon us. God gives us the opportunity to suffer for His glory. I think about mothers, and naturally I think about my own mother. think about all the suffering I put her through. I was the only boy, two girls. I thought a lot about this week, obviously, my wife. Uh, this morning, she's um, pulling great motherly duty to tend to sick children, which is never easy. And I just look at that and go, man, she just complete right there, sacrifice. Things did not go the way she would like for them to go today, the way we planned, but couldn't do anything about having a sick child. And so I just look at those circumstances, those scenarios, those situations from my own mom, from my wife, from many, many, many mothers. And I see this willingness to sacrifice and this willingness to suffer. And, and I'm not saying that, that motherhood is guaranteed suffering. I don't equate that kids and families is suffering. But I can tell you that with family, with children, with life, is going to come trouble. It's going to come trial. It's going to come a chance to stretch you and to challenge you. And will you continue to have a passion for goodness? Will you continue to, stead, to hold steadfast to the truth that there is a privilege to have that suffering, to have the opportunity to offer that sacrifice of yourself? Moms, believers, so many of us should be challenged each and every single day to truly focus on the opportunity and the privilege it is to suffer. It's not an easy task. It's not an easy challenge. It's not an easy focus point. But yet, it is a very foundational element to us as believers to remain good and to focus on suffering, to focus on the privilege, to focus on the opportunities that we have to do so. Peter gives a third characteristic here. Again, none of these things are great, mind-blowing. Oh, man, I never heard that before. Can't imagine. I didn't know that was part of this. Okay? None of this. I'll never wow you with anything that you didn't know. Never. So it's, it's there. Third thing that Peter gives us here in, this, in these short three verses is a third characteristic, a third perspective that Peter shows us that is fundamental, that I believe is foundational, but I have also seen as consistent among great mothers, godly mothers, my own mother, my wife, many of you. It is necessary to have a passion for goodness. It is necessary to have a willingness to suffer and thirdly, it is necessary to have a focus on Christ. A focus on Christ. Verse 15. What does it mean to focus on Christ? Verse 15. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. What does sanctify mean? You're right. Good job. To set apart. Perfect. Good. You read it too. Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Set apart. What does Scripture tell us that we as believers are aliens, as foreigners, but we have been called, we have been drawn into Him, and we have been 
set apart. And so therefore, we have the ability, with what with Christ has set us apart, we now have the opportunity and the ability and should have the focus to sanctify Christ, to set apart Christ. What does it look like to set apart Christ from us, from perspective as a human being, as a mother, as a father, as a follower of Christ? What does that look like for us to set apart, to sanctify Christ as Lord? Several things. We recognize He's holy. We recognize that He is sovereign, that He is glorious, He is majestic. He is to be the object of your love and of your loyalty. He's great. He is perfect. And so when we sanctify ourselves, we set ourselves apart, we stay focused on Christ. Are we always, always, always mindful of what Christ will do in every situation? I don't care if you wear WWJD on your bracelet. I don't know, in seventh grade. But I don't care if you wear WWJD on your, your wrist, you, you tattoo it on your arms, you have it right there in front of you. Your, your humanness. Your man is going to come out, and you're going to lose sight of it. So this morning I'm not saying, understand this, those these three things that I'm sharing with you, willingness, a passion for goodness, a willingness to sacrifice and to suffer, and to focus on Christ, I'm not saying in any shape, form, or fashion that if you have slipped up, messed up, failed in any one of these, just excuse yourself from this opportunity. If that was the case, none of us have that. We all fall short. But Peter does challenge the church here to have a focus on Christ, to sanctify Christ. I believe that I see that in so many of you. I see that in so many mothers. I look at again at my own mother's life, the trials and the circumstances that she's walked through, when so many people in the world would walk away, would give up, would say, why, God, did you allow this to happen? I would look at all of those things. I look at my own wife. I look at the trials and the troubles and the struggles and the things that she's walked through as a mom, as a wife, but even before all that. And so I see that there is a great value in focusing on Christ, keeping your focus on Christ, sanctifying Christ, especially because you're going to face trials and you're going to face suffering. And you're going to be called to sacrifice, and you're going to be called to suffer. And it's not going to be easy to always remain focused on Christ. But I encourage you, as Peter does, he challenges here, is to set apart Christ in your life. Submit to love and adoration and loyalty to Christ. Submit to His will. Submit to His word. I encourage you again, like, like I said before, go back in First Peter and read these five verses. Look in the mirror in these five verses. You'll find errors and you'll find mistakes and you'll find ways that you did not live according to this. I did. And everybody says, duh, I know that. I know you. But you will find those things, but you will be challenged, you'll be encouraged. And you will see what Peter was addressing to these Christians. And you'll see that it's the exact same thing to you as a believer. I encourage you to have a passion for goodness. Be willing to suffer and sacrifice. Remain focused on Christ, sanctifying Him, setting Him apart, 
He is God. Keep your focus on Him. There's three simple things I know. Completely life-changing? Absolutely. But where does that start? We say this when we baptize every believer in that baptism from the day that I've been here almost seven years from now. The very last question is, when you enter heaven, will it be because of your good deeds, because you had a passion for goodness? Will it be because that you sacrificed and you suffered all the days of your life and everybody patted you on the back? Well, is this your pat on the back? No. Or is it because you, you have been called, drawn to Christ, set apart from Him? You have been set apart with Him, by Him. Is that the reason you will have the opportunity to stand before Him? And the answer is always, that's the reason. And what comes after that? Good works will follow. I know these three things are in different order from that. But I wasn't going to go verse 15, then verse 14, then verse 13. I've got to do it in order. All right? But I encourage you to get the order right first and foremost. If you are set apart by Christ, if you are drawn under Him, if you are a believer, if you stand here today as a witness to testify to who He is, amen. Continue to have a willingness to suffer and therefore continue to have a passion for goodness. A passion to do what the world does not expect us to do. There are so many opportunities for us today. I don't believe that our passion for goodness should equal that just accept what everybody's doing and just be okay with it. But I do believe that as we stand firm on God's Word, and I do believe as we set apart Christ and focus on Him, we're going to offer an opportunity to do good things for others. And the world will turn around and look at us like, have you lost your mind? And the question's going to come up, why are you doing this? See, sometimes I think that we as believers, sometimes I think that we think is that if I do those good things, it's just not going to make a difference. It's not going to matter. But in fact, I've heard this very same statement from many unbelievers, from many atheists, people that do not acknowledge Christ as Lord, that there is a God, period. And they find, they say that when a Christian comes to them and speaks truth to them and love, shares the gospel with them, tells them that they are a believer in Christ, that they do have a passion for goodness, that they are willing to suffer for the gospel, that they are focusing on Christ, that's the person that they believe is a true Christian. Whether they agree with what they're saying or not. And I know that when we stand firm and we continue to have a passion for goodness and a willingness to suffer, and we proclaim the gospel and not be scared, the world will know. Christ is Lord. The world will know that it is God in us and God through us and not ourselves. I want to encourage you this morning that if you are a believer, mothers, again, thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do, for all you have done, for all that you're willing to do, and the credit that you don't ever hardly receive for doing those things. But mothers this morning, I just want to tell you thank you. Believers this morning, I want to tell you thank you for doing good, for being willing to sacrifice and willing to suffer. 
And thank you for focusing on Christ. Here, I believe in this church, there are many, many that do that and give that example. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful to be an opportunity, have a family, to raise children, to bring children into this place that have a chance to see that example. I'm thankful for that. I also know that, that there might be somebody here this morning that is hearing that, that believes those things are great things that, that might even agree with what we're saying here, but has not, number three, set apart Christ as Lord. Sanctify Christ. I'm not saying that person needs to make a decision. What I am saying this morning, what I want to encourage you, if this is something that you see as right, as good, it's not because of some human moral. It's because Christ is speaking to you right now. So I encourage you this morning, if there's anybody in here that does not understand or does not feel that this has been their life, that particularly wants to pursue this life, it's because God is pursuing you. And so this morning, the first thing is to respond to that. To respond to the pursuit that God has on your life, or has on your heart, maybe this morning. And if that's the case, come to Him. What does that look like? Man, just hands up. Throw the hands up. Lay down on the knees. Get on the face and repent. Turn. What is that going to look like? That means you're going to do everything we just talked about. That means you're going to live a life according to this. It's not going to be easy. But what you will receive is forgiveness of sin. You will receive eternal life in heaven. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're also going to receive trouble, trial, and frustration. But you're going to receive all that at the foot of the cross. Where that sin and that penalty has been paid for you. So what is your response? Yes, Lord. I will thank you. For believers here this morning, there are obviously many areas in our life where we fall short in all these things. And that's okay. We have grace, but do we continue just to stay there? No. We focus on these things. We keep these things at the forefront of our minds. We encourage one another. We challenge other brothers and sisters to live according to this. We ask that other brothers and sisters challenge sisters, challenge us to live according to this way. And we give them permission. We ask them to come and to ask us these questions. So this morning, believers, I challenge you, I encourage you to seek that. Don't excuse yourself from the opportunity that Peter writes here just because you may have fallen short once or twice or a thousand or two thousand times. Come to the cross, foot of the cross. Passion for goodness, willingness to suffer and sacrifice. And keep your focus on Christ in all circumstances, in all situations. And count it a privilege that you have the opportunity to do so, not because of who you are, but because of who he is. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you for our mothers. So many of us this morning are in this room because of a godly mother. So many of us here this morning are in this room because of a great mother. 
who did have a passion for goodness, who did have a willingness to suffer and sacrifice themselves for their family, for us. And many of us are here in this room because we had a mother who kept their eyes on Christ, kept their focus on Christ. And so, God, this morning, especially, I thank you for those women. I thank you for those mothers sitting here and all across the world this morning. God, I thank you for the gospel. I thank you for your son, Jesus. That is what caused mothers to be godly mothers, to be great mothers, is the work of the gospel, the work of the cross. And God, we thank you this morning, ultimately, for who you are, for sending your son. So God, I ask this morning that whoever you may be speaking to in this room, whether unbeliever or believer, whatever you're drawing themselves, drawing them to do, whatever you are, you are setting them apart for, God, I pray that there is a response. God, we know that when you draw, there's always a response. When you call, there's always an answer. And when you come, there's always a provision. Father, thank you for this time this morning. Thank you for loving us. Father, please encourage us, challenge us, equip us to go out into the world, to remain faithful, to have a passion for goodness, to remain faithful and true, to be willing to suffer and count it a privilege. God, and please continue to give us the ability and the thought to focus on you each and every day. God, we thank you for loving us this morning. We thank you for this time. God, this altar is open. The steps are open. The floor is open. Whatever you need. Brothers and sisters are all across this sanctuary are here for you. If you need prayer, if you need anything, please come.